Welcome to a special episode of the No Formula Podcast. This is a shorter episode where habit development coach Scott Rust is going to guide us through advice on how to remain productive while we are working from home. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast, Laura. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is awesome because... All of a sudden, a lot of people are starting to work from home. And so I just kind of want to dive in a little bit of your background as to how did you get into this kind of coaching? Yeah, sure. I mean, how does one become a habit development coach, right? Exactly. That's And (laughs) so I would say for me, it started about four years ago where I was working for an overseas firm. Uh, It allowed me to travel and work from home, which for me sounded like a dream job, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Until like quickly realized how many bad habits I had. (laughs) So (laughs) I I knew I had this choice to make. It was either, okay, I can coast by and this probably won't work out or I have some changes to make. And so the first one didn't really sound too good to me. So I said, okay, well, what are some of these changes I can make to make me work a little more productive and help me start accomplishing these goals I've set for myself. And I made a list that, you know, a lot of us write. I was going to eat healthy and work out. I was going to practice better time management skills, uh, get up early, and I quickly failed at all of that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I learned the hard way, taking on too much at once wasn't the way to go. Mm -hmm. So looking back, I decided, okay, well, what's one thing on this list that would have an impact on everything else? And I thought, well, if I woke up early, I'd have so much more time to do all these things that I want to accomplish during the day. And so it took me about four months to make waking up early a habit, but it showed me the power of behavior change that you can actually change the way you do things if you work at it long enough. So that really kind of like, you know, lit a light bulb in my mind. I was like, okay, well, where else can I kind of apply this concept to? So I started learning a little bit more about habit development and human behavior and started applying that to the way that I manage my day, my calendar, how I prioritize my tasks. And from there, I was kind of coaching people without even knowing I was coaching them. So, um, so yeah, so as of uh, a little over a year now, I decided, hey, look, I'm sure I'm the only one that's gone through or faced these types of challenges. And so I started my own coaching business, uh, SR Coaching, and I help entrepreneurs, self-employed professionals optimize the way they work so they don't have to put in so many hours every week. That's awesome. And actually, that's... That's one of the reasons why I connected with you on LinkedIn, because in your description, it says, um, I can give you back five hours of your week. And I was like, whoa, how? (laughs) So I knew I had to connect with you. So that was actually part of the reason. And so going back to productivity, I feel like part of being productive is you have to have the discipline to carry out tasks on on a consistent basis, right? So like for you, it was to wake up early. So how, how do you develop that discipline? So the easy answer is uh, one step at a time. Okay. And so, so I have a mantra, which is progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. And especially when, especially when trying something new, if we or even trying something that we used to be able to do. So let's say for, let's say waking up early. It could be, let's say in the past, you used to be able to wake up early. Oh, I had this other job and I always had to get up at you know, 6 or 5 a.m. And, you know, why can't they do that anymore? But instead of comparing yourself to your past self far away, just comparing yourself to yesterday. And if you look at just building upon yesterday and making those small changes, over time, those can become exponential results. 
So I think when it comes to discipline, I mean, we can get into like willpower and, you know, the impacts of willpower and how you can't really depend on it. Um, in terms of discipline, I do believe that if you're disciplined in one area of your life, it helps, it kind of creates a bit of a ripple effect in other areas as well. And that's what I noticed when developing the habit of waking up a little bit earlier, I was then, you know, more disciplined in how I was eating. I was more disciplined in, you know, trying to keep track of my day and focus on the outcomes I was looking to create. So uh, we, we can probably have a whole podcast just talking about discipline, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'll, sure. I'll leave it at that for now. Okay. So let's say you start, you know, waking up early, you start doing your tasks. What if, what if you fall behind or let's say your schedule gets mixed up, something happens, you fall behind on something. What is mm-hmm. your advice to people that maybe that happens often or they don't know what to do, how to, how to react in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend um, trying to incorporate two things. One is never miss twice. Okay. So the idea there is if you never miss twice, at least you're doing it 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that if you miss more than twice in a row on that third, fourth or fifth time, it becomes, I'll use the word exponentially again, but it becomes exponentially difficult to get started again. But if you just miss one day, it's like, okay, I'm, I have to commit hundred percent to doing it again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so again, that kind of comes back to the progress over perfection. It's just trying to find the small ways on how you can start over again. So should people use a schedule to stay on tasks? So, I think when, when looking at like some productivity tools, let's say like a schedule, um, I know for me, I would definitely, I, I think it, it works out well for me. I think, I think it will work out well for most people, to be honest, because mm-hmm. at least the schedule will give you something to look forward and see, well, what do I have on my calendar? What am I looking to accomplish? But that's where I think there's, there's a, a spectrum of how you use your schedule, where let's say the ideal could be, hey, I'm going to plan out the next year and break it down mm-hmm. quarter by quarter. And then like, so, and I know some people that do that. They're able to set their goals. They break them down quarter by quarter and then down from there month by month and then week by week. And they know exactly what they need to be doing. And then there's the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> who, you know, sometimes struggle just to find or to determine, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So what I usually recommend my clients do here is just to start by listing maybe two or three tasks you want to accomplish every day and Mm -hmm. setting those tasks before even starting the day. So that means before you're checking emails, before you're, you know, jumping into work is taking a moment to really set intention for your day. And anytime that you veer off from those tasks, be conscious of it. Be like, well, why aren't I working on what I set out for today? Mm -hmm. And at first it might not be great. But over time, you'll start to be able to prioritize a little bit better, knowing where your time should be spent. And then from there, you can start building out a calendar that might be a little bit um, looking a little bit further out. Yeah, that's good. Especially the two to three tasks a day. I feel like sometimes I make that mistake where I plan 20 things that day and I'll be like, oh, I'm fine. But it's never fine. <laughs> it's never fine. It's, it, you can't do 20 things in one day. There's just not enough time, even if you wake up early, right? I, no, I agree. And it's setting realistic expectations, right? Yeah. And it feels good when we actually accomplish something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel so great when we're like, oh, look at me, another day, only crossed out four tasks of the 20. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's kind of shifting the mindset around a little bit there. 
Yeah. And then also I got this, uh, this question that someone wanted to ask you, do mm -hmm. you have, or do you recommend a reward system? So let's say you cross off something off your list and now you can go get a snack and get cookies or something. Do you recommend that kind of behavior? So it, it, your question reminds me of a, a study that was done. And so I'll talk a little bit about habit development here. So habits, the way that they're formed is they usually have a three piece sequence. Okay. There's a trigger that all of a sudden makes you crave a certain behavior, which is the second piece. And then you get what's either an intrinsic, which so internal or mm -hmm. extrinsic reward. And the study here was they followed some different people who were trying to exercise on a regular basis. We'll use the, the example of exercise here, but I feel like it applies to work life just as much as personal life. Okay. And so there's this one group within the study that they were told, they were encouraged to eat a piece of chocolate after their workout as a reward for incorporating this new habit. And that was actually the group that ended up doing the best out of everybody within the study. And what happened was that over time, so the chocolate was an extrinsic reward, external. Over time, that was the same group that stopped eating the chocolate because now they started to feel the internal benefits of exercising. Because hmm, they exercise more. Because So now it's like, well, I don't want to eat the chocolate because now I'm taken away from yeah. this exercise that I just did. So as far as building a reward system, I think it is important um, or it can be helpful for some people to maybe give yourself a reward, practice some self-care when you start to incorporate a new habit. And I do believe though, over time, you might not need that reward. It might be a, more of a short-term thing where mm -hmm. over time it'll be just, hey, this is just how I do things. I don't have to think twice about it anymore. Oh, that's good. I've never heard of that study before. I thought you were going to talk about classical conditioning. And then you said exercising. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no, that's not the same thing. <laughs> so for people who want to be more productive, do you recommend using apps, any kind of apps, like taking notes or something? Oh, you're making a face. <laughs> um, so it's interesting how some productivity apps actually take up more time yeah, than exactly. they actually save you time. Yeah. So this is a scenario where I would say it depends what works for you depends what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, some people love to have their apps, you know, they'll spend time understanding them. And then, then at a certain point, yeah, okay, it helps them become more productive. And other people, to be honest, just having a piece of paper or having an agenda that you're writing things down in and keeping it at the forefront of your mind is how they work better. So I think in terms of productivity apps, I wouldn't try to get too caught up in it because mm -hmm. what I see is then you're, you're always chasing the next productivity app to try to save you time when all the time spent chasing and trying to learn the next new best thing um, mm -hmm. it was probably better utilized elsewhere. Yeah. So just being a little bit aware maybe from that point of view. Mm -hmm. And, and now suddenly so many people are working from home. What mm -hmm. is your advice for those who have to make that sudden shift from going into work every day to working at home with maybe a family and so many distractions? Mm, yeah. So I actually just had a webinar today about uh, the art of energy management. And one of the things that we covered and looked at was, well, how do you manage distractions? Mm -hmm. And so if I can give a quick overview here, distractions tend to fall into four categories, right? So they're either you're, you have control over them mm -hmm. or you don't have control and either they're annoying or they're fun, oh, right? Okay. So for the ones that are um, not in your control and annoying, then you try to minimize them, right? You say, okay, you know, they could be pointless meetings. They could be, you know, um, colleagues who are, who are pinging you. 
Um, so just trying to figure out, okay, how can I, um, you know, how can I minimize the impact that's going to have on me? For the things that are um, not in your control and fun, enjoy them. Enjoy them while you can. Enjoy them in the moment. You know, that could be your dog needs a walk or wants to come cuddle or your kids come run into the office. You know, enjoy the moment you have with them and try to get back to what you're doing as soon as possible. As far as the things you do have control over, whether they fall into fun or annoying, doesn't really matter. You want to proactively eliminate them. Mm -hmm. And I think a great tool for this isn't just saying no to yourself and saying, no, I'm not going to use social media ever again or, or anything along those lines. But I like to incorporate the rule of not now, but later. Mm -hmm. And when you set something out to be not now, but later, it's much more forgiving because we know how we are. If you say no to yourself, it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, I want to do it that much more. Yeah. But not now, but later allows you or now you have a planned time to do it. And from there, you're more likely to take action on it. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Scott. And, uh, and stay safe. And we'll, we'll talk soon. No problem. Laura, thank you very much for having me. It was, uh, it was really a pleasure to come on the podcast today.